Welcome to the first edition of me being a host on Body Slam's NXT 2.0 post show page. Jo- I'm joined alongside the great big daddy throwback. Really? I had to. <laughs> I'm joined alongside. You have to. Let's to- be honest, dude. You were told to. There's no line of actually having to do that. It's like me God. saying, dude, like, it, 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 I'm, I, I'm the one who's Goku and you're Master Roshi. Perfectly like that, especially with the glasses, man. But let's do this right. Welcome to NXT 2.0. I am your man, throwback with the man himself, Rami, the one with the glasses, Mr. Master Roshi himself. What's good, man? I'm doing amazing. I hope you're doing well. I hope you enjoyed tonight's show. I was tuning into NXT, Dana White's Contender Series, the Dodgers game against the Diamondbacks, which they won. It was a great night for me. I hope you enjoyed tonight's show as well. Uh, For me, I had a baby that was asleep, you know, my girlfriend doing schoolwork and other things, and me just enjoying NXT, doing what this to give everybody what they rightfully deserve crazy throwback listening to nxt well i mean for me it was great it was the weirdest way to kick off a show i even tweeted this earlier during the show it had flashbacks of the great american bash after keith lee won both titles he had the north american title and the nxt title they vacated the nxt north american title and a lot of people had backlash about this so what are your thoughts on this because of the fact that for pre six, as they say, great googly moogly in some areas of the world, that it didn't make any sense because you had it on SmackDown. Why the fuck did you have it on SmackDown when you literally were going to have it on NXT? And then all of a sudden, Solisicoa, the guy who is part of the bloodline, decides to whoop. And Sean says, Well, you know, you weren't part of the match. You just made it yourself into it. So, but uh, what were your thoughts on the whole? Solo Sokoa getting red the red solo cup, so to speak. The red solo cup, that's good. I love him winning the championship last week. I thought it was smart. I thought it was clever because now with the addition of Survivor Series War Games being brought into the hands of the main roster, I was thinking the plan would be the bloodline, of course, Roman, the Usos, and Solo against for other people to make an interesting matchup. Who knows if on the other side it would have been Carmelo Hayes joining alongside three others to make it an interesting main event type of match. Sadly, we do not get that. He had to relinquish the championship. I immediately thought, oh, they're going to just give back the title to Carmelo Hayes. But then Shawn Michaels revealed that next couple of weeks we're going to get qualifying matches. We're going to get um contenders and we're gonna have a six-man ladder match at halloween havoc we already have one wrestler involved with it we'll get to that it soon but what what are your thoughts on the six-man ladder match do you think it's going to be kick things off for a better reign for a new champion or do you think carmela hayes goes back to get it i think it's time for hayes to move forward it, it, it it's way overdue we and the thing about it is is that and i've even said this to Jameis too is is that it's time for him to win that championship and if they do do a takeover in boston by the way survivor series war games is in boston i will be there um it literally should have him winning it there because he has roots in here hayes was actually the chaotic wrestling champion for a period of time just like kofi kingston was you know 
a few others too, along the way also. But my God, that's going to be a banger. And I even said this too, is that I thought the, the participants would have been Waller would be in there. Frazier would be in there. Um, Grimes could be in there. There's a few others too I mentioned. But um, the one thing that stand out though is at the end of the whole thing. And he literally, Solisco looked at him and told, okay, I told you I got next. And literally ended up, to quote a line, it really grinds my gears, so to speak, that the fact that they're defending this title on SmackDown, making you think that it's a possibility that they're going to have it on both brands, got me like that. And all of a sudden, nope, whoop, took right out of there and just freaking slipped right everything but he singers like no nothing like a butterfinger kind of mentality but my god this match they always do in nxt history the north american title has been defended more times in a ladder match than the actual nxt title itself and it's about time they actually changed that and this gave them an opportunity especially with the new logo going back to the black and gold with the colors that we have here mind you um that they could have made this something unique and special instead of going to the well again about the nxt north american championship you know being defended and a ladder match they just did this two or three months ago and now you're doing it again at halloween havoc in six weeks it doesn't make any sense and so eventually you're going to end up looking at it and being like well it's going to be the same thing and mind you, the last one they did with Hayes was champion, Cameron Grimes won that. So if Grimes is in there, that's a good idea. But my God, they repeat history again, and they know the whole saying, Reams, if you don't know history and don't re- listen to it closely, you're doomed to repeat it. And they're repeating the same matches over and over again with the same goddamn title. A lot. Um, <laughs> I totally agree with you. I um understand your argument against that. It is annoying to constantly overbook the same stipulation of a match for a championship when the you can do any type of different match stipulation. You can use any different type of storyline to add uh, into it, and it, a lot of match doesn't always help with that situation. Um, it, it literally doesn't push the narrative either it's just you're looking at the same match over and over again and it becomes so stale with the same title over and over again why not put the nxt title in a ladder match in the in the na the north american championship and here's an idea why not throw this out of there why don't you bring hell in the cell to nxt and have that defended in in, in there or better yet, do a war game style match, but have the top covered like and it you do for Hell in a Cell. Make call it like the Devil Incarnate or something. Create something. You created a fight pit that now is going to be used on the main roster. Why not do it here? I mean, it it's the perfect spot to create a Halloween theme match and or some structure of it. And now you're bringing back a ladder match ladder match like come on it's like everybody's going to be doing the same thing they they just did money in the bank they just did this match a few months ago with grimes winning is the same outcome going to happen it's a possibility if grimes is in there and you look at the whole aspect of the whole 
the whole thing with the qualifying. It, it's going to be the one of those matches that could either make the show or break the show, to be honest, at Halloween Ave in six weeks. With the first... With the first match of the night for tonight's NXT, we had a continuation of the best of three between Nathan Fraser and Axiom. Of um, and I want to be real. Call him a kid, dude, because that's who it is. It's really a kid. It is a kid. Um, of I'm gonna give my take on this first. I love the match. I did not check out the first match. I I believe you have, of course. So. The first match I had not checked out. The second match between them, which ended up tying things up, was a banger from start to finish. It didn't seem like there was any slow pace added to it. Everything went at hard action, banging from back and forth. Axiom getting his ribs bruised throughout the entire match. Frazier trying to bounce back in the most best ways possible. What my favorite spot of it was the drop kick that turned the tide for Axiom. Well, turned the tide for Frazier against Axiom, sent him out the ring, and would allow Frazier to um, capitalize on many moments. When Axiom hit that stomp to the back of the head, I did not know this. I did not know it could result in a disqualification because of it being a illegal move. But that didn't stop Frazier from, once again, capitalizing on the moment, hitting that superplex, followed by um by the splash which resulted in the pin the tying of the match what was the tying of the series and now they will have to settle this of course i believe next week or in the next two weeks whichever way they plan this what were your thoughts on this match give me seven oh my god give me goddamn seven give me the cesaro and sheamus route come on man he pictured two more matches Two more goddamn matches out of this shit. Like, literally, think about it. You would literally be like, oh my god. Every time these two get in that ring, they want to steal the show. And the last match they did, and this match they did. So I'm not expecting the third one to be the, not the equivalent. I hope, and I really do this, because I think Nathan Frazier, and if you put both of them in that qualify uh, into a different qualifyings to have them in that into that ladder match for the North American title that changes the game in that whole aspect of that but having them do a best of seven can you picture them going to the last match and the last match is it opportunity between the two that impresses the brass at the last match let's say the at games match seven out of seven and the winner of that match gets an opportunity at the new North American champion. Can you picture how big and how bad they're going to want to steal the show? This is something that I wish that when they introduced it, I was like, okay, yeah, the best of three, this will be great. It'll be one of those matches that they'll try. They'll tr- they'll get an opportunity to steal the show and they'll do it. No, they are stealing this show. Hell, they're stealing the whole goddamn brand right now. And it makes a big difference because how athletic both of them are. Like, literally, Frazier and him flying off back and forth. I I, I really want a best of seven because this, uh, until the main event this tonight, this would have been the match of the night. And honestly, since last week, because of the momentum, and we complained about this, me and Jameis, last last week, this was a show was a big bounce back up 
to where they had that momentum coming out of Worlds Collide. And now it's back, and let's see what they do with this. But, oh, my God, let's give me seven matches out of that. That kick, that freaking super kick was solid. That super kick, yes. That the way it took off Axiom's jaw, it was perfect. The timing, the execution, everything about it added to the match. And I agree with you. Best of seven would be a beautiful match. I just hope that I, I love the same since the Zara series. I love that they got turned into a team. I just hope that this isn't the situation that turns out to being with these two. I would love to see them continue their singles run and continue having bingo matches against the other competitors in NXT. I mean, it's well worth it. I mean, think about it. It's just, it will bring ratings. It'll make people want to see more. Hey, why not, right? It's well worth it. Very well worth it. Um, The second match of the night went down between Toxic Attraction and Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley. Um, It wasn't something that, you know, we can talk. I don't know if I could talk a lot about it because of just the situation that was handled out of it. Prior to the match, Ivy Nile was saying that she's focused, that the diamond mind is not broken up between her and the other members, that she's going to continue to prove why they are still a strong group. And my words prior to her, after she said that she was focused, was I think she's way too focused. I think she's over-focused on the situation at hand, and it's not going to help out well. And it did not because Tatum Paxley had a couple of minutes of back and forth. She put in the action. She did what she had to do. When it came to Ivy coming into the ring, she had about three minutes of control time in regards to like an MMA fight. And it ended right a mere seconds later when Toxic Traction executed their move, got the pin, and ended it right there. Did you have any thoughts on that match? All I got to think is Jameis was right about one thing. They need to get up there. <laughs> I, I, I'm being very honest. He's been toting this for the last few shows. They need to go up there. I think they're waiting for Mandy to drop it. And it's just, it's about time. If you're going to have them featured on SmackDown, it just shows something. But someone said about Ivy Niles and Tatum was just, they're in a stagnant position because the women's division and the tag division is not that solid. After you go from Toxic Extraction, it just drops because there's nobody credible other than, you know, Chance and, Cat- and Carter. So it's like, who do you go after that? You have Chance Carter as your champions. This match was supposed to give, you know, Ivy and Tatum an idea of trying to get them closer and inching it. And the only way that's going to happen if you take Toxic Attraction and put them, all three of them, on SmackDown. Um, hopefully they do it soon. If they don't, then it's just, it's a shame because now you're holding three people, three top people in that division, just a whole faction, and you're smothering most of this talent that you want to build up. And Ivy and Tatum, they can hold it as a tag team, but it's just there's there's really no wiggle room to actually give them because you're you're giving them really good production for matches to build it up, but then all of a sudden 
it gets completely like squashed, bogged down and squashed because of the fact that you're going to always have toxic attraction. It's the Roman, what people call the Roman reigns theory aspect of it, where it's just they Roman keeps winning all the time. You're going to have them build up. Even if they lose the title, you're still going to have them higher on the on there just because of the fact that how big of a deal they are. I mean, it's just insane to see this and I wish they would do better. Yeah. Hopefully they do move up to the main roster soon and hopefully they allow more of the tag team division and NXT for the women's to broaden because there's a lot of talent down there and they deserve to be shining way more than they are right now. Um, I mean, it, it makes more sense because, you know, it, eventually what will happen is, is that let's try to do something. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. That's what I was trying to think. Um, it, it's just it, it doesn't give any direction because you have Chance and Catanzaro. Uh, well, I'm going to call it Catanzaro. Carter and Catanzaro as your champions right now in the tag team division for in NXT, and you have Toxic Attraction. You have the face and the heel right there, but everything underneath it, there's not really much there to go with. There's no wiggle room, and that's the problem. Is like you're bringing up, building two people up, but then if it's Toxic Attraction facing them. You're not going to let Toxic Attraction lose a match without having a credible source to actually build it up. Following this match, we had a singles match in the women's division between Wendy Chu and Cora Jade. Prior to it, they showed a pre um, the result and aftermath of Roxanne versus Miko Satomama. Did I say that right? I think yeah, right. the final boss. The final boss. Um, yeah. Great, great match they had. Um, this is going to come in and say Mako Satomura. Mako Satomura. Thank you, buddy. I'm going to give him a fat kiss when I see him in Florida. Um, but we saw Corey Jade versus Wendy Chu. It ended very quickly with, of course, Corey Jade picking up the win. Do you see. Um, Example, them handling Cora Jade versus Roxanne at Halloween Havoc, or do you think this feud and this rivalry finishes off prior to that on a future episode of NXT? I think it's going to end up at Halloween Havoc. That's the way they're building it up, but they're adding uh, Mako Sanamora as part of it. That's both of their end goals. It's going to be a triple threat, probably for a one one contenders match. I mean, Roxy still has that freaking contract for a women's title still and they haven't acknowledged that she still has it weeks since the breakout tournament so i mean it it that's well overdue and eventually they're gonna have to do something with it now this whole core j uh persona that people are, are talking about it's great it puts her at a different angle it makes it unique and stuff and people are talking about it but it, it, as a fan, I'm not as invested as a lot of people are in NXT just because of the fact that it's the same path. A lot of some of the stuff they've done with this, it, but I could be wrong. I've always been proven wrong been told I've been wrong. So it it's one of those things that I'm excited to see this match because there's different aspects. But the problem with this is that if you do a triple threat with this, how or who is going to eat the pin? And the only person in that three person scenario is Core Jade. So, I mean, 
she's always going to get close to the line, but she ain't going to be pushed over the line, if that makes any sense. If they did handle it in a triple threat situation, I would see Roxanne pinning Cora if they did not want Satorama to take the pin. Um, but my I see it being a singles match if they do handle it at um, Halloween Havoc. And, of course, I would hope that Roxanne does get the pin here to tie things up. Of course, maybe people might be annoyed and frustrated with this feud continuing so they can settle it in a rubber match. But I would like to see it happen because these two create magic together. And the feud between them is continuing to somewhat blossom. NXT 2.0 hasn't really given me the interest and shine that I've wanted to. But these two women are very talented. And I'm sure that halloween havoc they're going to have a killer match and if Corey jade does decide to go two and no and they decide to squash this feud and move on from it hopefully roxanne does can go after the championship soon wins it but if not i would love to see these two settle their rivalry if it does end in the two and no stint for the championship in the next couple of months similar to johnny gargano and tomaso champa with their feud friendship and more um, it's one of those things it's like okay you have two friends fighting over the same goal it, we've seen that with gargano and Ciampa. we've seen it in multiple times in the past with a lot of other acts it, it gets stale over time it's like you're repeating everything again repeating history and you're doomed to re- you're not uh, repeat doomed to repeat it if you don't pay attention to it there's another way of doing this they just haven't figured it out and they're just Having Cora go against a really good person in wrestling is Wendy Chu. And then literally right after that, you have what Roxy facing someone else. And then they try to meet up towards Halloween Havoc. This is like a, a something they would set up long term. Now, if they do war games for NXT, and I think they might. It it makes sense to have both of them in a War Games match to end up being the last match between them. So we'll have a first match like we did. We'll have another match in between that will end up in a weird, crazy finish. And then at War Games, it'll end the feud. But it just has to make sense. So And right now, the way things they're heading towards, it doesn't make sense. I accidentally skipped over this. Um, this happened prior to the Cora Jade match. The Shizum spoke. I don't know if I said that right. Anyways, um, well, Joe Gacy um, came out and they spoke about the Shizum and being under the tree and following what they do. And I'm just like, man, no offense, but just like the crowd in the background who would turn around and talk to the friends or the other people in the crowd, I had zero interest for it. Um, uh, let's just say this much, right? The match itself was pretty decent. You know, you have two pretty, pretty good tag teams, you know, Nofe and Blade versus, you know, you know, the Dyad and stuff like that, formerly known as Grizzly Young Veterans. And it just made perfect sense that the way they are and how the match was going to end. I want to say this. I tweeted it today. I understand everybody's going over and crazy over the White Rabbit. But I want to know who this person is. Uh, producer, if you can hear me, can you please uh, upload Exhibit A, please? Oh, my God. What's this? <laughs> who the hell is this? <laughs> what is that? I did not see that during this the show. This is the figure that's been on the screen for the last three weeks. 
two or three weeks and getting stuff with the schism about the whole thing, like showing this. Somebody tweeted this photo that was in the crowd. Who the hell the is hell it? Is like that? it, it's it literally is somebody, and then we could speculate all we want who it could be, and it it's kind of terrifying. It, it's going. It's probably somebody that's going to be like part of schism in general and it's just it's so weird and at least we know it it's a woman performer in there because of the fact that of the type now and that's what people are saying on twitter you know and everything else me i still think it could be anybody you know it could be anybody in nxt that that was going to do that but Hell, it could be Rhea Ripley, all we know, just coming down for just to piss people off. But if they're doing like hinting at this, where's the payoff at Halloween Havoc? Then that's great that you give us something interested in wanting to watch. But I know people are paying attention to White Rabbit, but me as an NXT fan, I want to know who that is. So who do you think it might be? I cannot even tell who it might be. It literally looks like the DVD cover to One Missed Call. I don't even know who this person could even be. Like I, I have even I didn't even notice this tonight. I don't know if they showed it on camera or not. Like maybe a, f- a little bit of it, but plot twist: it's Grace Slick of Jefferson Airplane. <laughs> James is hinting at something. I, I honestly, this they they hinted this person at Worlds Collide, just having them come by with the bag, and that you can literally pay attention to it. They did it a couple uh, of weeks ago, and and now they did it this week with people watching it. It's the same thing that they're doing. So Jefferson Airplane's the band that did White Rabbit Rami. Thank you for letting me know. I was like, my brain is going a million miles per hour. What are you talking about, Buster? So, all right, can we take that off, please? I wish I could just smack that thing off. Right off. <laughs> there we go. That worked. But it's just, if you're making a focal point, like a subtle focal point, and the actual hardcore fan like us can actually catch certain things like that, you're like, who the hell is that? You're like, you want to know. And it's curiosity in its finest. But, my God, like, the match was decent. It was really good. But a lot of people, it seemed like they're paying attention to that figure rather than anything. Kind of like what they're doing in the main roster right now. Um, The match after Cora Jade's win um, was, well, prior to that, Carmella Hayes and Trick Williams came out. And Carmelo Hayes let it be known of what he wants his intentions intentions to be next. But that was interrupted by Andre Chase and Bodie Wayward. Right, which That's which, a teachable moment. Which, which is my, <laughs> this is my first time ever seeing these two and seeing what they're about. And when they pulled out the teachable moment, I was geeking. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Um, hey, this match itself was like a pre-umped one you knew that we're, they were trying to set up something for it i mean i'm surprised they had andre chase and brody literally put over Hayes and stuff and trick but it's going to lead to something and we don't know and it's the interesting part like why would you have somebody who's the north american former north american champion just like 
take a pin for some reason unless it's like like they said he tried to circumvent the system and he was being punished so maybe this is his punishment of taking the eating the pin and going from there i honestly thought it was an amazing moment and when the pinfall did happen for andre chase um vic joseph yelling a teachable moment a teachable moment it was absolutely amazing if it felt like hearing a bang whenever stephen curry hits a three-pointer for the Golden State Warriors. You just love to see it. Um, good match. Um, glad it, of course, was not a qualifier match because I would I would really love to see Carmelo Hayes involved with the six-man ladder match, and he should be. He's a former champion. You can't just not have the former champion be involved with it unless injured or storyline-based something happens. Um but yeah, overall, good match. Andre Chase, I became a fan of tonight, and I hope to see more of him for the next couple of weeks. Um, uh, it'll be wavering, but still, they, they every dog has its day, or every given Sunday, as they say. I, I, I want to say one thing about the show, because someone gets upset about production. I'm very, very surprised that they didn't censor the crowd, <laughs> and that's one thing I noticed throughout the entire show. Be sure to give Rami and Patrick follows because who else can't throw it back? Jameis is a clown. Um, the next match following this was between Sanga and Von Wagner. Um, very um, not so long match. We got power from both men and we got the capitalizing finish. Von Wagner did remind me of somebody, and I already think you know who I'm gonna mention. He reminded me of another Wagner, a oh, Los An- a player who played a defensive player for the Los Angeles Rams, Bobby Wagner, you know, the GOAT. And tonight, landing that fireman's carry neckbreaker, which looks like a modified attitude adjustment, was be- even a Death Valley driver you can even consider it to, compare it to. It looked beautiful. It was stylish. It was nice. Sanga. But I will- it looked like, I'll, I'll be honest on my end, it, uh, from the angle I saw, it looked like a botch. Like, literally, he was trying to weigh Sanga's weight, but he tried to put him over and didn't get it all the way over a couple inches and stuff. It, it, it made the effects. You're right. It's just it didn't make any sense to put do that. I wish they did this. They, I wish they made it as a double DQ, and that way you have another match between the two. So, like, you just had a one-and-done match where you could have just continued this for a little, a couple of weeks in order to get Wagner and Sangha on TV a lot more. I agree. Um, I will say that with the way Vaughn Wagner lifted Sangha, that looked like a complete deadlift. And the way he just capital lifted a man over his shoulders and the way Sangha dropped on his neck, it did look powerful. It looked painful. It looked like a botch. I'm hoping it wasn't and hoping that these two do have another match in the near future because the way they carry, the way they hold themselves and the way this match went, it should honestly go for at least 15 to 20 minutes on a co-main for a NXT show. Um, any other comments you had about this match? You had Robert Stone almost get a choke slam in this whole thing, and every every time he does something just sporadic, you're like, oh, hopefully he gets it. And just it didn't happen. I the Wagner persona for him, it 
it's kind of gotten stale and stuff like that. They did mention on commentary he had he had a chance for the NXT title and it just skidded off. I I think him being this like Diesel esque character is kind of worn thin, and they need to give him somebody that will literally lift him up. He he has Stone who can talk, but they don't let Stone talk as much and. It just it doesn't seem like a perfect fit, and it. Hopefully, I'm wrong, but when I'm hoping that he ends up making a lot more strides than what's going on, he deserves a lot better than this whole Von Wagner bullshit. The next match that happened was between. Well, it was the first qualifying match for the six-man ladder match at Halloween Havoc for the vacant North American Championship between Grayson Waller and Oro Mensa. Um, And we got a surprise in the middle of the match, which I thought Grayson Waller was going to win this because, of course, who wouldn't wouldn't think Grayson Waller is going to win this? You know, I even think you can agree with me on that. I didn't think Waller was going to win on this. Oh wow, that's okay. That's exciting. We're gonna see, we're gonna hear your thoughts on him in a second. When Apollo Cruz came out with the blood pouring out of that, people say crying blood. I think he just had a cut on his eye, like he took an elbow from Corey Sandhagen last Saturday night. But I liked the upset that they went with. It's Aura Mensa winning the match, pinning Grayson Waller, and advancing to the NXT North American six-man ladder match at Halloween Havoc. I liked it. I like the way they turned this. And I want to see what happens next with Apollo Crews and Water. Does this make I don't know if um Apollo is a face? I do not know what his plan is going forward with this, but I do think that these two will put on an amazing match. And I want to hear your thoughts on it. I, I thought Waller was a good win considering how they set up the set up the whole you know segment beforehand and stuff like that they gave the, the whole thing with Mensa about the whole, the UK stuff you knew that him coming over UK they weren't going to bury him as much Waller could eat the pin Apollo and him have this feud which is very very weird and stuff like that and it's just it Like I said, for wrestling, it has to make sense for me, and it doesn't. With him and Apollo, you know, it it wouldn't make any sense because what you're going to have Waller try to go over Apollo when they secretly have been inching and inching trying to get Apollo up to freaking Breaker. I mean, you had a couple of hints at that a couple of times in certain segments, and now you're you're putting him back with with Waller. It's like. You know, if you're going to do this, let this end at Halloween Havoc in some way, shape, or form. Because if you're going to do the spooky stuff with Apollo right now and try to make it sense, you know, like they did the whole thing with the future projection of, you know, Diamond Mind being all on the ground and stuff. You know, him standing there with freaking a bloody tear and everything. It's just, I, I'd rather have it make sense. And there's, he just showed up with it. It how Why did he show up with it? How did that happen? You know, it and it just really didn't make sense. All it does is it just got a DQ and Waller's just sitting there, you know, talking trash to him. It's just, I'm one of those people that watched this for so long, I wanted to make sense rather than just like, okay, well, he's sitting there with a bloody eye and that was it. 
but Mensa, the, that match overall gave Mensa a, a lot of eyes. I could tell you that much. That running heel kick into the corner, into the pin, that was pretty good. Very, very exciting. Um, so we could honestly, in a way, predict that Carmelo Hayes is going to be in this match, correct? Like, Do you think so? Or do you think he does not get involved? What, for the North American title or this match? No, North American title. Hayes is already in the North American uh, ladder match. Mensa's in there now. I honestly think Grimes will be in there um, because they got to get Grimes more motivated. There's been showing him constantly and stuff. Um, you know, Wesley's going to be in there. That's a given. You know, there's a few other people that I think might be uh, give a shot at it. I think, and it would be great seeing Nathan Frazier and A-Kid in it some way, shape, or form, both of them getting into it, different ways of qualifying and stuff. Um, but who knows? But honestly, hey, you, you're going to have Carmelo in this match, most likely if they're not ready to push him on the uh, as the champion because of breaker, they're going to end up holding both of them stagnant. Um, I almost messed up my camera. Um, I agree. Um, <laughs> with the main event that came up afterwards, we had a number one contender for the NXT championship that is held by the great Braun Breaker um, between Tyler Bate and J.D. McDonough. Prior to... Oh, you feel, are you going to say something? Or? I was going to say this. Let's just go straight into the whole thing, right, as a whole. Not about the match, but just the whole pie itself. Atmosphere? Just the whole thing. Breaker okay. said in that commentary and stuff, and what was the interesting part, and I want to know your thought, is, is that he's faced his last three opponents have been all U.K. people. Like, Bait, he's done J.D., he's done, you know, Bait, it seems like, and I hate to spoil this now, if you haven't watched it, um, Dragonoff is going to be the next one in line with J.D. McDonough. So there's three former U.K. champions going against the NXT, let's call it the unified NXT title for right now until the European uh, NXT European stars. I'm getting this vibe, dude. And this is the perfect time when Jameis would yell at me and other people would yell at me. We're going to have a fatal four-way for this. And three-fourths of it are all UK, UK hold, former UK title holders. And then there's Breaker. We're going to get J.D. McDonough, Tyler Bate, and Dragunov. How insane is that? You're getting three hardworking, really good. You know, Dragon Off versus Gunther. Like, that That says that it all. That was a badass match. I mean, you know, you got JD versus Bate tonight and then passed in the UK. Breakers face JD and Bate. I, it's going to be interesting to see this. I want to see Dragon Off versus Breaker just away from this, and that could be something you get if they do a takeover at some point. But my God, if three-fourths of that match, if they do a fatal four-way for the whole thing, because Bate does have a gripe about it a little bit, um, that he could, they could just literally do that. Also, to be clear, James does not yell or 
Really? He has to put his two cents in. If you're going to put your two cents in and cotton little things, dude, come on. <laughs> I know you're listening. So, I mean, um, it's just, you, it, it makes more sense to give them a fatal four way out of this. And you can pay it as is that McDonough takes the pin because he's done it before for, against Breaker. You keep Bait strong and Dragon off, and then you can actually have, you know, Bait and Dragon off go for a number one contenders match. The reason why there's a gripe in this whole scenario to get to this fatal four way, Breaker said on commentary he wants to see, he wants to face Bait again. Yeah, he did. You're literally saying to the crowd, saying to the person on the TV, person in the crowd, and stuff like that, you want to face this guy. If you don't care about the other two, the other person or another person that might come in. I want that guy and that guy alone. That's great, but that creates a problem. And now the problem is going to be having to be addressed. Creative didn't think about this more clearly. You're going to have to put bait in this fatal four, into a fatal four away with this. If at Halloween havoc and in that match in that match in that fatal four away will probably be not very close to you know, the match, uh, a match of the year for NXT because my God, bait and breaker at worlds collide that that was untouchable right there. Um, but it's just, and, but the one that's number one right now for me, at least is Hayes versus Ricochet. And that was so Such good. a good match. But so it's good. just, it's just, this has the potential if it's done right to have a mix of three, former NXT UK champions and the U and, and the unified NXT champion holding it down. This will give a lot to me. will show the, how much grit breaker has instead of doing triple threat matches. If he can handle four different people at the same time. And, and that's including himself because sometimes in those situations, you literally have a panic mode, but my God, the, the match tonight, that scenario where it was like, the, the shooting star press into, you know, a suplex, and then they were going back and forth. But my God, that finish! Holy crap! Prior, of course, Braun Breaker is saying that him giving his prediction on who he thinks is going to win. He said Tyler Bate, of course. I thought to myself, okay, that's it. Just just put in Tyler Bate's going to win, and we'll leave it at that. And then JD said, not today, Busters his finisher which is it called the devil's incarnate it's basically like I, it, devil something let's just leave it at that because it, it, this it, day is it's going the devil's something um yeah. but yeah hit the finisher got the pin i was shocked and i thought and just as i was about to change the channel to espn to watch some boxing all of a sudden, they're shocked, and I'm like, "What's going on here?" And Ilya Dragunov comes out. That took my breath away. I'm not talking about the weekend. Um, I loved it. I think it was amazing. A fatal foray at Halloween Havoc would blow the roof off the place, especially when you're adding all of these other matches into the event to make this a star-studded show for NXT. Especially now, it's a back to being a takeover. They are back to being. They were back to taking over, and I love to see it. In the situation, if worlds, if worlds collide, sorry, isn't anything. 
we're in for a hell of a show. And if done right, you could do a lot of things. Now, there's so many questions. There's so moving parts. They have six weeks to do this. And that's great because you have a long build up to it. I, I just hope that eventually they figure something out because after this, probably war games would be the next thing. But my God, just it, it, a four fatal four way with if you who, if you ever thought of it, Bate McDonough, which is, a, is formerly known as Jordan Devlin, and Dragonoff in a match with you know Braun Breaker, who's a Steiner brother, you know. Literally, it most you have dragon off physical, you have Bates who's strong as a freaking and you know, Devlin can basically if you put into the kitchen sink over him, he'll still stand there. But my god, the, it's it would be one of the most physical matches we've seen in a long time. Here's what I want to ask you if we do get this fatal four way, who wins? Who takes the pin? Devlin's gonna take the pin, you're gonna have Breaker. Unless, because Survivor Series is three weeks afterwards, if I'm right. Janice, uh, let me know if I'm right. Um, it's literally three or four weeks after. This would be the perfect spot to take the title off Breaker and have him in the Daniel Ryan spot where he's just a surprise entrant into the into Survivor Series War Games. And that way, you can give let's say bait a run with the title. Yeah, I know it's when Survivor Series is. I'm talking about it when... How many weeks from... Then? How many weeks? <laughs> how many weeks from Halloween Havoc for until Survivor Series between? Um, He's going to say use it, Google. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, but it's just... It's one of those things, it's like... It gives Bates, Dragonoff, or McDonough a little time to go into it till they're ready to give to Hayes. I I think that if you wanted to do it differently, you could have like the Seths. Yeah, five weeks. Five okay. Weeks. So you could have it in the spot where Seth, like the Seth spot where he ran in with the briefcase. You could have this as like Hayes's run in and do what they did with you know Solo Sokoa, but they won't because obviously they just redcon that whole BS right there. Um, but it, it makes perfect sense to have a fifth if you need to, but it makes it different. But it, this would be the perfect spot to take the break, title off Breaker, and if they're really seriously thinking about bringing him up at Survivor Series for that Daniel Bryan spot, that would make perfect sense right there. It was a good episode tonight. I'm excited for next week's, and before we go, I would love to plug in a couple of people couple of shows that we of course have and we, we have on body slam i'd love to first of all plug over the last weekend we um we've had cory brennan take a couple of days off being the british man that he is and we've had brady alexander we've had gerard we've had um nick perkins and myself many of us right in and putting up a lot of articles that you, everyone should definitely check out. Much, much news that we have both on wrestling, MMA, and boxing. Um, please check out all of the shows that we that we have part of us. Example, 
Code of Honor, the Pro Wrestling Roundtable, Tees and Tights podcast. I'm sure there are many, many more. I will have to get a list next week so I can be able to plug every single person. Um, thank you to our amazing producer, at, um, my amazing producer who always helps me as always, the um, Jameis Mooney. <laughs> um, Jameis Mooney. Um, thank you, Big Daddy Throwback, for of course being an amazing co-host. I'm gonna kill Jameis when I see him. <laughs> Big Daddy Throwback. Patrick, where can we find you, brother? I was just gonna get to that, man. I don't need prompts. I'm a pro at this crap. <laughs> Every Tuesday night here at NXT for Bodyslam.net, I'm always here hanging out with everybody in the world. You know, we're just basically talking about NXT giving you best stuff. Support Bodyslam.net. Give a slam chat and basically help the site and basically give you the best content we can give you. Um, like you said, round table, tees and tights, you know, the code of honor. You've got so much stuff you could do. And then hopefully one day, if pray to God Cass is watching this, we could do a ECW style one night only wicked crazy pinfall show on Bodyslam.net. I'm praying. I'm praying. Very small praying. Uh, but other than that, check out the archives. You see more of the stuff on here. Also, you know, every Thursday night, like I said, Wicked Crazy Pinfalls, we hold it down for everybody. We have a community champion who is the reigning, defending, undisputed podcast, entire podcast community champion, Big Money Drew. He will be facing his opponent, Anakin JMT at, at Halloween Havoc. And then after that, he'll be facing someone I've already said. I'm not going to name it because I already want to have people be curious. But I do have an announcement the Thursday night about that title. So I'm come back, check it out. YouTube.com forward slash throwback 27. That little thing right there, that's also on the Twitch. So get that up. Start talking it up. Let's get this going. Also, subscribe to body slams twitch while you're at it come on we do some fun stuff on that too we're gonna get some gaming on there and everything but come on have some fun also go hang out with Jameis too he does a lot of great stuff he's a great guy even much as fun about a lot of things too but other than that you know i'll say what i usually say because obviously remy you say what you gotta do and i'll hold it off in a sec because i'm getting ready for what i gotta say all right of course, please follow me on Twitter at who else but Rami. Um, I have Twitch at who else but Rami TV that you can also follow and check out my streams up. I stream UFC, Madden, NBA, all sorts of games that are in all sorts of places. Who else is going to follow Rami other than the good people? Exactly, Jameis Mooney. That's what we're talking about here. But yes, please, of course, follow me on Twitter. Check out all of my articles on Rami Hana, aka Master <laughs> Please, uh, of course, check out all of my MMA articles and boxing on bodystem.net. I w- I appreciate it very, very much. Thank you so much. And of course, always check out my live tweets every weekend for the UFC and boxing events. I'm always covering them and I'm always putting my two cents into what I think is right, what I don't think is right, what I think is a banger, what I thought was boring. And it's always a great, great time. Thank you very much. On to you, Big Daddy. All I got to say is life's too short. You know, do a good deed, pay it forward. Brody, I love you, buddy. Can't wait for you to grow up and see this and understand that your daddy's a little loony at times, but at least I'm a fun loony. All right, guys, have a good night.